Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. Andrew, I'm Lee, and this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it. Mm, almost bit my tongue saying that. All right, let's get right into the news. Uh, a little bit of news that was announced. Uh, I want to say it was either last night or early this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, DC has announced that the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, it's a six-issue comic book series, uh-huh. is now being turned into an animated movie. They may have announced this a while ago, but they just showed the first trailer for it today, and I watched it, and uh, Batman fights the Shredder. It looks absolutely <laughs> incredible. I need to let you read the comics at some point, because it is absolutely incredible. And I'm really sad that they, they kind of spoiled the major twist, uh-huh. because them breaking into Arkham and doing what they do in the trailer yeah. doesn't happen until, like, issue five. Uh. Okay? And, yeah, I'm kind of sad that they showed that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculously fun. I mean, yeah. Batman takes out all four turtles the first time they they jump them and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a shot where uh, Michelangelo's jumping down from high and says, "Think fast!" and Batman catches him and throws him into Donatello. Well, like he thought Raph too fast. comes at him. Batman takes one of Raph's sides and then kicks Raph across the across the street or whatever. They're, they're fighting like an alleyway, and then as soon as he's kicked Raph, Michelangelo tries to attack him. Think fast. Grabs him, throws him to Raph, and he's just like, "Uh, he thought too fast." <laughs> Oh no, it's a great trailer. You guys should go out and watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and and uh Batman fighting Joker is just so Shredder. Good. Batman fighting Shredder. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. Shredder is just so good. Now, Holy crap, it's quite now, the thing. What's, what's interesting is that this is technically a franchise crossover mm-hmm. because uh according to uh Canon, the same uh ooze that mutated the turtles originally also blinded Matt Murdock, the Daredevil, in Marvel. And so... Tech- Were the Ninja Turtles originally DC, originally Marvel? They may have been a Marvel property, but it, in canon, it's supposed to be that the same spill that caused um, the Daredevil's blindness... I don't disbelieve you because comics are weird. Yeah. Um, and with and, Marvel... Well, with and DC, all, and the, how many things just happened in New York in Marvel comics? DC reboots every couple of decades. So recently, it's like every six years, they decide to do a complete and total reboot of their mm-hmm. entire universe. And then end up telling you that the exact same stories over and over and over again. Um, whereas with Marvel, Marvel, everything is canon. Yeah. For their entire what eighty years history of being a comic book creator, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But there's just so much, and Marvel says that it's all canon, and just don't try to make sense of it. Just enjoy <laughs> it for what it is. Anybody who tries to make sense of it, it just it destroys their brains. Sure does. Anyway, uh, there's a bit of news that you found. Uh, yes, I uh, came across some information today that they've officially announced the casting of Jason Momoa. As Duncan Idaho in an, in an announced <clears throat> Dune movie that is slated to come out in 2020. Um, and we're going to go ahead and link you guys to our, the IMDb page that has all this information on it. Um, it's just looking like a completely star-studded cast. Um, they, they've uh, got uh, 
Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron Harkonnen. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Thanos. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin as... Um, Gurney. Gurney, yes. Who was played by Patrick Stewart in the 70s version. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, I think it was 80s or 80s, something like that, yeah. I want to say 84. Um, and then, uh, uh, just all over the place, just great actors throughout. Yeah, I'm very excited for this movie. Very excited for it. Lots of, uh, <clears throat> lots of, oh, that's right, um, uh, the, the Beast Raban, uh, is, uh, reported to be, um, uh, Dave Batista. Cool. Let's go ahead and just let them and click on the link if they want any more information than that. Let's, we got... We're starting pretty late tonight, and we're both already pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long week already. Um, all right, and one little bit of news I wanted to go ahead and remind our listeners of is that tomorrow we're recording this on the 13th. The 14th, you may, those of you who already have this game probably are, uh, probably already know about it, but mm -hmm. um, Stardew Valley for mobile hits tomorrow oh, wow. on the 14th. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go into three episodes in. Uh, this week, it was your pick. It is, and this week, I decided we were going to watch My Roommate is a Cat. Now, you told me a moment ago, just the uh, the original Japanese title doesn't exactly translate to that. No, the original Japanese title is Dokyonin wa Hiza Tokidoki Otama no Ue, which translates into Dokyonin is roommate, or someone who lives with you. Uh -huh. uh, and then Dokyonin wa, wa is the subject marker of the sentence, so it's talking about this it's about the, the, per, about the person the who were yeah mm -hmm. the, the the roommate that, that mm -hmm. which is your roommate and then hisa means knees uh -huh. tokidoki means sometimes and then atama is head and uh -huh. no means on top of so it's saying that my roommate is sometimes is on my knees sometimes on top of my head <laughs> so that's what the that's what the japanese title is okay and i can understand them deciding to change the title for the english one because there's no real proper good translation for that right my roommate is a cat is a totally fine name for it um that said i'm still i don't know if we talked about this earlier but one of the mangas that i've been reading online was elf son while you said out which mm. means uh miss elf can't lose weight okay which i think is a delightful charming uh title which means that you know that this is about an elf who is trying to lose weight but doesn't seem to be able to uh-huh well, they changed the name to Plus Sized Elf in the English version. Uh, and to me, I'm just like, you've completely you, you lost, lost the charm. charm of the title. Just call her, just say Miss Elf Can't Lose Weight. It's as simple as that. And it's got, and like, you already get a much better feel for what the story's about rather than saying, uh, uh, rather than saying Plus Sized Elf. Because, you, because saying someone is plus sized doesn't give, uh, doesn't actually give motivation mm. to the character. It's a boring, it's just a boring title. I mean, hmm. I'm plus sized. I'm a big guy. I get that. But you want to have the title something that's going to grab somebody's attention. Like, Miss, or the, gets them interested in what's going on possibly in the story. Right. Miss Elf Can't Lose Weight sounds like a comedy to me. And I uh -huh. would love to watch it. And I've been right. reading that. But with the English title, I don't know if I'm actually going to care about it in English. Just because I'm like, that's. The people who renamed it are boring. So, it, it, anyway. It'd it be like going with the nickname <clears throat> of Don Machi instead of the full title, Is It, is it Okay to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Mm -hmm. Because that's a very interesting title. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it wrong to pick up girls? Is it wrong to try to pick girls in the dungeon? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, this one, okay, uh, in English, so, the title is My Roommate is a Cat. Yep. And the uh, synopsis reads, The story of Mikazuki Subaru, 
a novelist who is shy and struggles in relationships with other people. And a cat who was dumped by humans and lived a tough life on the streets. Through a twist of fate, the two of them end up living together. This heartwarming tale illustrates day-to-day -day life through the eyes of both man and cat. These moments seem trivial, <clears throat> but as they build upon themselves, the two become family and find happiness in their life together. Okay, so we both watched this about starting at about two hours ago, so... These first uh, three recently. episodes are pretty mm -hmm. recent. And so I actually got uh, to watch this with my oldest girl. And what did she think about it? Oh, she was absolutely delightful. Delighted by the show. And it, it changed the dynamic of how, of what I enjoyed about it a okay. little bit, too. Okay. And so that that that, <laughs> that that is going to flavor my opinion today. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing I wrote down like, is actually something I said out loud to her. Mm. Because the first, the first thirty seconds of the show, they're at the main character's fu the funeral of the main character's parents. Uh huh. Subaru's parents. And then, the very next moment, it goes into the opening credits. Uh huh. Which you know is, as we've mentioned before on various episodes, it's kind of rare to have opening credits in the first episode in anime. Yeah. So it, it, it happens. It happened here, but it seems to be mm -hmm. kind of rare, especially if an episode, if the opening credits may be spoilers for the first episode. Mm -hmm. um, so, but what what I wrote down here was tragic backstory. Check, ridiculously upbeat opening. Check. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's 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 it, the opening was very very ridiculous, but also. I remember you saying before we recorded that once I translated the title for you, um, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense in the opening title because the cat is on his leg and then on his head. <laughs> in various scenes. In various and, scenes. And he's the... on the cat's head from time to time in the mm -hmm. opening credits. Just like they shrink him down to the mouse size just mm -hmm. in, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in the layout. Um, but anyway, so... Uh... <clears throat> so, um, episode one is uh, he comes across... How does he meet the cat in episode one? It's actually, it's, it's actually, he brought a bento with him to his Oh, that's right, that's gravestone. right. It's, he, he was tricked by his manager, by his editor, the main character's a writer, tricked by his editor to come out and meet him at this very lively cafe. Yes. And our main character, Subaru, uh, we learn very quickly that he's a shut-in, that he cannot handle being, around, being in large crowds, he, crowds, he can't do it. Right. The noise upsets him. Um... And after talking with his manager for a little bit uh, and like getting some reference materials about some things, uh, he gets up and he just leaves. Uh, he leaves his manager there. And on his way home, he visits the grave of his parents. He brings out a bento and it's a... It's, uh, it's a store-bought... Uh, store-bought sashimi. Sashimi, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's store-bought sashimi. Uh, I think it's tuna. I'm pretty sure it's tuna. Yeah, it looks um, like tuna. And he put it on their grave and he prays and starts telling his parents about how now he's fine he's finally able to make a living sustain and sustain himself through his writing and and he said you don't have to worry about me anymore um and then as soon as he says that the cat jumps out of nowhere he says oh i thought it jumped out of the grave uh -huh. but the cat comes out of nowhere grabs the food and starts eating it yes mm -hmm. Um, that's and so, right. And so the the cat's eating his food mm -hmm. and knocked it all to the ground. Mm -hmm. And what, one of the charming things about this show is it'll play events 
from mm-hmm. his point of view for about the first half of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then it'll play the same events from the cat's point of view uh-huh. for, the, for the latter half of the episode. And we find out that the cat, mm-hmm. at that moment, was very grateful to be getting food. Was kind of worrying about the human because he wasn't eating anything. Mm-hmm. But the cat had knocked all the food onto the dirt. <clears throat> why wasn't the human eating? Yeah, why wasn't the human eating? <laughs> um, but, so, we then... Uh, he. What's the reason he takes the cat back home? I don't remember. Um, it, the reason is, the editor, it was his editor that he was meeting, and the editor was trying to encourage him to come up with a story. Oh, that's right, and, and he saw the cat out of the corner of his eye. And, and so, the cat, having been fed by him, starts following him home. Mm-hmm. And he gets inspired by this cat that there's a, there's an evil presence, and so he gets the idea to write a story about a cat who's stalking somebody with the intent to kill them. Mm-hmm. And that's his idea. And he goes home, and uh, he starts taking care of the cat, starts feeding the cat, giving it dry food and things like that. Has a bowl of water out for it, and uh, he uh, we we cut back to the editor who's back at his at his desk at work. And uh, he just barely got off the phone with um, with Subaru again. Mm. Um, and someone walks up to the editor and says, oh, you need to be careful with him when it's getting close to a deadline, okay? And he's yeah. like, oh, really? Why? And then it cuts back, and uh, he is just freaking out because people are not leaving him alone. The cat, Like, he's stepped outside of his office every once in a while, and he's just stepped on cat food. Yeah. Which is just there, and he's wondering what on earth is going on. So he picks up. He scoops up the cat food, puts it into the garbage. Before he scoops it up, he gets the brilliant idea of, oh, maybe he laid a trap for me. That's a great idea. I'm going to put that in my story about Uh a cat who lays traps to try to get people to slip and die. Mm -hmm. So he picks it up and throws it in the garbage. And watching the food go in the garbage, the cat jumps into the garbage, knocks it over, and then covered in refuse... Mm -hmm. Uh, in, in, debris. Gla- in yeah, debris, in, in garbage, in debris, mm-hmm. he he. Gla- the cat glares at him. We find out later that the cat is very upset that he threw away perfectly He's good like, food. No, you never throw away food. And the cat's seen flashbacks to his siblings and the order, an older tabby cat who took care of them and things like that. And his life on the street, his, and that he they were mm-hmm. lucky to get enough to eat. That they were lucky to get enough to eat on a daily, uh, from day to day. Yeah, because that didn't always happen. Um, but he and, um, but anyways, uh, he's decided he needs to repay this human yeah. for feeding him, uh, simply, and, and uh, he mentions the tabby cat who said uh-huh. you always repay your debts, like yeah. always repay a debt. And so he leaves food out there, and but the human keeps picking it up and throwing it away, and he's like, I am repaying my debt to him, and then I am leaving, he says, yes. and he pushes a bowl of food out. Mm-hmm. And he's constantly meowing and pawing at the door. And, like, from the part of the episode where it's Subaru's perspective, he's just trying to write, he's trying to focus, and he can't because his phone keeps going off. The editor's now constantly calling him or texting him. And uh, the cat is now meowing at the door. Um, we don't know how long it passed. It's implied that a couple of days have passed. Mm-hmm. But he finally... Uh, gets up and opens up the door and he's the cat has pushed his own food pushed bowl. his own food bowl in front of his office door his office door and the human has at this point has a couple of uh subaru has uh-huh. a couple of um 
reference magazines about cats. Yes. And in the magazine, it says that he looked up why does a cat, you know, um, present, why does a, why does a cat give me f- give presents? Uh-huh. And it said, well, it's uh, the cat is trying to give an offering to to his boss mm-hmm. type thing, which. No. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually, I actually paused the show at this point and said, "No, this is inaccurate." The reality is, cats will bring dead or half dead prey to you because it's convinced you are a stupid kitten who doesn't know how to hunt for itself and is trying to teach you. It's trying to teach you how to hunt. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 what the actual science is behind it. But um, the cat is trying in in this yeah. anime. The cat is just oh. trying to repay the favor. Yes, it is. Um, and the human then collapses. And yeah, Su- uh, Subaru collapses to the ground. The cat yeah. doesn't understand what's going on. Well, let's go ahead and say what happens to in Subaru's perspective, and then jump back and show what right. happens with the cat. So with Subaru, he just collapses on the floor. And he can't move. Like, he mm-hmm. absolutely cannot move. And um, the cat's freaking out and meowing and things like that. And then... The next thing he knows, then, he's waking up and his manager's there. His manager's there. And he... And the viewer can see some food on his lips. Or yeah, on, it, uh, some food it, on his cheek. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, and uh, and little notes on a, from a spiral-topped notepad from a handy-dandy notebook written and then strewn about at the hand. The, yep, uh, just... All about the hallway that he collapsed in. Yeah. And the manager was saying, I'm so glad you're okay. Uh, like, I've been trying to call you for the past couple of days, and you didn't answer, so I decided to come by. And I saw you pass in the hallway. I, I panicked, so I came inside and see, saw if I could take care of you. Um, That's when Subaru notices that the window to his uh, house is broken. Mm-hmm. Observant watchers will notice that the window was broken as well before yeah. Subaru did, because it's very obviously there's a break in the window leading, uh, at the end of the hallway. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But, but apparently the manager had already called a glass replacement company before he even broke the glass mm-hmm. to, to try to wake him up. Yeah. But he, um, <clears throat> anyway, he, uh, um, he wakes up and he's like, oh wait, did you feed me? Or like, like what, what's going on? Oh, you didn't eat or sleep for a couple of days. And he goes to his, and he feels something on his cheek, realizes that it's cat food and he just thinks to himself, did I eat that? <laughs> yeah, he looks. He looks he down, looks down and at the bowl, there, and the bowl's the bowl is less than it was before. And he's like, "Did I eat that? What? What? What, what happened?" And he's like, "Here, I've got some ideas." He's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I'll go ahead and you seize the last idea that's on this notepad. This is a great idea. We'll go forward with this." And he's just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, he has no memory of writing it. Uh huh. He has no memory of writing it at all. And you're and the viewers left to think, "What kind of cat is this? What's going on?" Yes. And it turns out it's like go to the cat's point of view when the, we, we see all this stuff from the cat, like talking to yeah. to herself. So, so the cat has had a sibling pass away on the streets, and so it knows loss, and it knows what happens mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't get enough food, or something happens. Not enough food, not and, enough sleep. And it knows mm-hmm. what a cold body feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're finding more tragedy in this moment, but. The cat is using this memory to try to get this human to eat so that he'll live. And the human eventually, uh, like, the Subaru, while unconscious, sits up, his and his hand grabs a handful of the cat food and just stuffs it into his mouth. Yeah, yeah. And then, while unconscious... He then assumes, like, the fetal position, head down, with his notebook, and starts writing these ideas down, and just tearing pages out of his notebook. Yeah, and then finally, apparently when he's sat- when he's finally satisfied on one idea, 
he then just completely falls asleep on the floor there in the hallway. Yeah. And the cat walks up and pokes him and realizes that he's still warm, that he's just sleeping. Yeah. And so, so he nuzzles up to him and mm-hmm. spends the night. And mm-hmm. that's where all the notes came from. And he has yeah. no memory of eating the cat food. He has no memory of... Uh... Mm-hmm. Pretty great. <laughs> Pretty great. Um, and that's kind of the first episode. The next episode, episode two, starts beautifully and so accurate. Mm-hmm. The cat real, is sleeping real, on his well, laptop. Real fast, real fast. I want to go ahead and point out that I think that like... In the first episode, and we see this throughout the next two episodes as well, um, I love how they completely misinterpret each other. Because you'll never correctly interpret a cat. A cat will never correctly interpret you. That's just just the way it is. But they are, through their own means, they are fulfilling the needs of the other person. They are. Yeah. And somehow. somehow, somehow they're doing it. And I think that's great. I love it. But anyway, so anyways, the episode, he's like, I can't work like this. Why is he doing this? And then it cuts down the cat, or why is she doing this? And the cat is falling, is asleep on his laptop. And every time she try, he tries to budge her, she just repositions herself like, no, I found this place. This mm. is where I'm napping. <laughs> it reminds me of that meme of the cute little orange kitten sitting on a laptop. And she says, if it's not, if not for sits, why is it made of warm? Yes. That is exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, then what happened? Oh, okay. So he tries to come up with a way of getting her off the laptop. And he decides, okay, I need to tempt her with food. And then he knows he's out of cat food. And he's, he's out like- of human food. And he can't. And okay, I know. I'll order food online. I can't. The cat's on the laptop. Wait, my phone. He pulls out my phone. And he's, he pulls out his phone. He starts to order and then realizes that shipping will be two to three business days. I can't wait that long. I'm going to have to go out in public. I have to go outside. And he he does so. He goes outside. He goes out into public. And he goes to get... He goes to a grocery store first. Well, he goes to... It's a convenience store. It's a convenience store. store. He goes to a convenience store Mm -hmm. and goes to their cat food aisle, and the cat food that he would have bought is... The shelf is empty. It's out Mm -hmm. of that particular brand or whatever it was going to buy. uh, they like it's a convenience store, so they have like uh they have a lot of they have many different items, uh-huh. but not a lot of the same item. If you yeah, catch they, my drift. yeah, they wouldn't have they a lot have, of variety have, of the same lot, product. Yeah, they don't have a lot of different brands. Right. So, like they have they had wet cat food and dry cat food. That's what they offered, and it was probably it could have been like you it could have been it could have been a bag of dog food right next to it. It was it was it did it was? say dog food next okay. to it. Yeah, it said dog food. It had the, I don't know if it said dog, but it had the kanji for dog or at least something. Okay. Maybe it was just a picture of dog, but I was able to register it as dog food. But, and that was but they had a very food. small selection, mm-hmm. and the one place where it would have been was empty. Uh, there was a sale on it, and uh-huh. it it all got bought out. And so he just buys mm-hmm. himself a loaf of bread, thinking he'll feed that to the cats, and he goes, oh. And once he's bought it and out the store, he goes, wait, is it really safe to give a cat human food? And the answer is no, not if it's bread. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, and then he's just like, wait, but where would I go to get cat food? I don't even know. And he sees across the street. And we should, we forgot how the episode started. The episode actually the episode start- starts with him inside of a pet store. And he's just freaking out because of all the noise, all the squawking. He's just like, this There's is just, the worst decision of I my life. I have made a terrible mistake. I've made a terrible mistake. He's, yeah. he's just panicking. I've made a terrible mistake. As all mm-hmm. the noise is just mm-hmm. building around him. And what happens, and why we brought that up, is because at this moment, as he's about to walk into the pet store, he sees it across the street and goes, Oh, it's a godsend. And he walks in. I was wrong. 
yeah, I was wrong. This is hell or something like that. <laughs> something. But no, it's, uh, I, I, I have learned that phrase is because he did not say God sent it. He said something to do with ship. He said something to do with the ship. Like maybe it was a miracle ship or something. I don't know. Because the, because at that moment, it actually puts him mm-hmm. in a in a treasure boat of some kind. Yeah, it's some kind of a boat yeah. um, with a lot of treasure on it. But yeah, I'm going to have to... I'm, the, I want to look the, up the what iconog- that phrase was. Yeah, the mm-hmm. iconography of it is, seems to be uh, meaningful in, in, in cult, Japan. In, in Japanese, Japanese culture. culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes in and I was... And he... He starts freaking out, and then he just runs to a, uh, he runs to the, the dog and cat food aisle, and he's like, okay, I don't have to, like, I, I'll just get the food and get out of here, it's okay, I'll, I'll do this, I'll get, I'll do, get, buy the food and get out of here. Next thing you know, he's, he's crouched down, holding two bags of what seemed to be identical cat food, like, uh-huh. what is the difference between these two? He's like, wait, why is there so many? Because he just sees so many different types of cat food, and he's like, what, what's the difference, which, which one should I get, what's the difference between these two? And then... This girl walks up, she's working at the store, and I, I wrote down that, hey, it's the girl from the opening credits. And it is, like, there's a girl, very briefly in the opening credits, yep. and she's there's actually... A hand, there's a handful of tertiary, mm-hmm. uh, secondary and tertiary yep. characters in the opening credits, and she's one of the And she's females. one of the one, and if you see the, that poster there, she's up close, and she's holding yep. another cat that looks similar to the main character's cat. I wonder if it's a one of the cat's siblings or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she saves another... Maybe she ends up saving one of the cat's siblings. I don't know. We won't need to watch the first few episodes. That doesn't happen in the first few episodes. It doesn't. But she... And she's only in episode two, but I'm hoping we see more of her. Well, considering she's in the opening credits, and like there's the poster of there with a different cat. Yeah. I assume so. Yeah, that's probably going to build mm-hmm. up to something. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Um, the, I, this... but, but in this episode... Well, we have... Like, in this episode, we don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily mean uh-huh. that, that that is going to build up to something romantic, uh-huh. but something along the lines where he th- he's on a journey to be less he, of a agoraphobe. And I was about I was about to say something along those lines. I was yeah. going to say that the the show so far, the first three episodes, have been about him starting to understand that nobody's perfect, including himself, and that's okay. Yeah, and that um, he needs to, and that. It's about him coming out of his shell and mm-hmm. interacting more with society and things like that. So right. I would, I could see her getting a cat as a very, very helpful way of having that happen. I don't know if it's going to be romantic. No, I, I don't know. Um, probably not, just because of the way the show feels. I don't right. know. I think that would just kind of be rushing things, especially since it's a very short series. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, anyway, um, okay, so, so, she comes so in their up and you interaction, wrote, uh-huh. uh, she starts uh, trying to be helpful to him and, and she's, like, not, oh, she's not picking up on the clues that he is incredibly uncomfortable talking to people uh-huh. and she is just doing her job as a uh, She's being a, a, very, a very polite uh, store employee. Store employee. And, and so she's coming up <clears throat> to him and she's asking him, oh, do you have a cat? Yes. Uh, and then she asks the name of the cat, but she asks it in a shorthand, mm. slangy sort of way. Well, and so he misinterprets her and gives her his name. because like, he, And he's just sitting there thinking, is this the kind of story where I have to give my name in order for them to sell it to me? Uh, Subaru. Um, oh, Subaru-chan! Well, he's, uh, he says Misuzuki Subaru, his full name. Yes. But it's, it's not so much slang, it's that in Japanese... You do not need to repeat certain aspects, like that. Like, it's, and she's speaking very politely, so it's yeah, not slang at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's like just, it's not like ghetto or something, mm-hmm. but it's 
it's it's polite, uh-huh. quick shorthand. Yeah, well, and she's saying that oh, you you have a cat, and it's like yeah. oh, nekogaimaska type thing. Like, do you have a cat? Uh-huh. And then she says onomaiwa, and she's, but she doesn't say she doesn't include the cat. That, that's I just Be- said because what's it's, it's assumed. Name. It's assumed that because they're talking about the mm-hmm. cat, she didn't mean and to bring up the ha- pronoun if again. If he had been interacting with normal society, uh-huh. uh, then he would have caught on that because that's just how people speak in Japan. Yeah. But he thought she was asking about him yeah. because he doesn't interact with people. Right. So. So that's the charm mm-hmm. of this scene. Yeah. And so she asks about the na- the name of the cat, and he gives him. He gives her his name, mm-hmm. and it's then like, she asks oh, about the cat. The, how old? How old? And he gives his age, which is twenty three. Uh-huh. Oh, a senior citizen! And he's just like, what? What? what since when did being in your twenties get you treated like a senior citizen in this country? <laughs> but but apparently he he wasn't because a cat, generally speaking, lives to fifteen. Yeah. And so any cat older than fifteen would mm-hmm. need very special dietary restrictions uh-huh. or something of that nature. Um, and so <laughs> then, she and so she goes and picks out free samples of a particular kind of cat food for him mm-hmm. and it's like am i supposed to eat this no not you this is for subaru well she doesn't well <laughs> he says i uh, he, i'm pretty sure he says something along along lines of i i'll eat it and let you know type thing and she's like wait oh, oh, oh that's so funny this is for your cat and he's like wait what and then she dawns on cat, her. Subaru. she's like wait a minute what's your cat's name it, wait, is your cat named Subaru? It's like, no, that's my name, type thing. And she then realizes her mistake. Uh-huh. And she, again, very politely says, I'm sorry, I should have been more clear in what I was asking, when really she did just fine. It's all, it's his fault for yeah, her. He, he failed to yeah. notice social cues, mm-hmm. but as a store employee and as a culture of hyper-politeness, yes, she takes responsibility. She does take responsibility for it. Um, and she says that he, uh, well, then she realize, she learns that, oh, wait, so that was your name? Yeah, and... That was your age? Yeah. And she gets so embarrassed. And then she learns that the cat is still very young and stuff like that. And she gives him some different samples. So that these are for your cat. And he just yeah. leaves the store. <laughs> he just he just runs off. Yes. And then we get to the cat. And the cat has been having a very interesting day. Um, interesting in terms of a cat. Because he fell asleep on the keyboard. And the laptop went to sleep mode. Or, or died. Either way, it shut off. And he's just like, why does it have to go so cold so quickly? And he gets <laughs> up, he stretches, he goes around, or she goes around. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, hears something in the kitchen, and she runs towards the kitchen, and she sees this guy who's his... Like, we didn't really talk about this in episode one, but he has a childhood... Fr- he has a schoolmate friend. Yeah, he, he has a best friend who lives a few doors down. Mm-hmm. Who pays him visits from time to time. And eats what little food he has in his fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh... And, but this and time the, and he's the actually... First time, the first time he shows up and he's sitting there eating the food, the ex- the reason he gives is, oh, because I was in America and my wallet got stolen and mm-hmm. I don't and I barely made it back here. And I when I came home, my parents weren't home, so I came here to well, eat something. Like, I went to my apartment, but there was a fire or something above it. And then like my apartment was flooded because of the fire from the, the sprinkler system. And then like my uh, and then I went to my parents' house and they weren't home, so I let myself in here. And yeah, yeah. Now I'm eating your food. now I'm eating your food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we 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 don't believe him. No, not at all. <laughs> but he this time he breaks in like he doesn't. He's knocking on the front door, and 
he uh, but Subaru isn't home. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, that's weird. Subaru's not home, and so he goes around to the back door, which is unlocked, and he goes inside, and he actually has some food that his mom made for yeah. Subaru, and, and he so, puts the food in the fridge. So he puts the extras in Subaru's mm-hmm. fridge and leaves a note on the fridge door, and grabs another fish fish sausage yeah. for himself to munch on. Um, and leaves a note on the door, and it just says, uh, and the, so, I made too much, please enjoy. Which is, she was planning on giving some to him, let's be yeah. serious. <laughs> That's just their excuse. Oh, I made too much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so she looks, uh, and so the the cat, seeing this stranger in the house, thinks that he's there to steal all the food. Of which there isn't very much left. And mm-hmm. so she's terrified, and runs and hides, and ends up inside a box. Mm-hmm. Now... <clears throat> Oh, that's right. She gets up and she wants to eat. She's like, this is great. I can sleep whenever I want. There's so many warm places to sleep. And I can eat whenever I want. And goes out to the dish and she's like, I was thinking too soon. There's no food. There's no food! And then she hears the guy in the kitchen and she thinks that he stole her food. (laughs) Because he's eating the fish sausage again. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, he probably stole my food too! And she hisses it from... She she hisses at him and then runs away. Okay. And now on the way home, still struggling with actually being outdoors. And with his general agoraphobia. Uh um, Subaru. Subaru gets a call from his editor. Uh Uh-huh. And we've been saying editor and manager back and forth, but it, the the word they use in the subtitles is editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's having a bit of a panic attack. A super is having a bit of a panic attack, and the editor is trying to be friendly and kind and wants to know the name of the cat. Which he hasn't named the cat, and he's already stressed out because the lady at the store asked for the name of the cat, when in reality. Apparently, even after delivering the first chapter of his novel, which was his deadline in the first episode, um, he hadn't named the cat. Yeah, and, and so they want. This so is he, another, so mis- the editor this is another misinterpretation. Yeah. Where the editor is asking for the name of the cat in the book, where his he thinks he's asking for the name of the cat in his house. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like why? Why is it so important that this cat have a name? Well, the, the the readers will get attached to the cat if it has a name. He's like, oh, you're talking about the book. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll at think this, of a name and let you know. At this point, the manager doesn't know he has a cat in his house. Yeah, he doesn't know he has a cat in his house, yeah. And then there's a, and he finds out in episode three, and things happen there. So, mm-hmm. we'll get, we will get to that. But, um, so, um, he gets home, and, um, the cat's not on the laptop anymore, and he's like, oh, great, I can, go, I can get some work done. So he puts his bag down, the bag that has the bread and the two samples of cat food that he was given. Uh-huh. Um, and he, uh, and he, uh, <laughs> and he, he starts working and then he starts thinking about the cat and he starts mm-hmm. looking around and finds the cat after opening up a box. He's looking for some reference materials. I forget what the materials are for, but he's, he's looking for some reference materials and then he opens up the box and that happens to the box uh-huh. that the cat jumped into and the cat is still freaked out about everything and yeah. screams, and in the cat's POV, it's, you, there's no room in here for you to hide. Find some other place, you know? <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, the, the, where the cat is sitting is like the perfect alcove. In, so, so this box is full of books, mm-hmm. except for one little spot that has enough room for the cat to lie in. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I paused it and turned to my daughter and went, if I fits, I sits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's another cat. That's, yeah, cats do that. That's true. Um, And then, okay, so... He thinks, okay, I need to name this cat. 
But what is a cat going to... Well, maybe I should just start listing off names and see what the cat responds to. Mm-hmm. And so he starts listing off names, one after another, and the mm-hmm. cat's just ignoring him and ignoring him. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to him, the cat's getting more and more aggravated with all these noises coming at yeah. it, coming its from way. The cat's, the, from the cat part of the episode, the cat's getting more annoyed and with with all the noise he's making. And so he's just lying down on the on the ground next to the cat in the box trying to just coming up with word after word after word and he he or says name some, after name after name, name, yeah. after name after name and then he he's, it sounds like he's going alphabetically kind of like mm-hmm. it started with some some a's and then it went into some k names and then it went into some r names and then it went into a w name and when it came to a dub, uh, like a three syllable w name the cat was so annoyed with this whole process that it switched his tail and knocked some books onto his head Maybe. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The cat switched. Like, yeah. And from the human's point of view, it's just like the cat hated that name so much that it hit him with the books. Yeah. Whereas from the cat's point of view, the cat had just been getting more and more annoyed until finally it had enough. Yeah. Um. And so he uh, gets hit by the cat. And, um, and then the the number the books that get knocked over, one of them ends up being revealed to be a childhood book that he had grown up listening to that he had his mother read to him a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot over and over again as a child and it was a book that was a relationship between the sun and the moon mm-hmm. and he really really liked the book and as it turns out his family name Mikazuki has some tie to the moon mm-hmm. in Japanese and so he identified with the character who was the moon because of it mm-hmm. and so and I absolutely love this, is that he, as he's seeing this, he's thinking about words that, uh, he's thinking, so if I'm the moon, maybe the cat's the sun. And so he starts thinking of words that seem like sun. And I looked it up. Um, and while Haru is Japanese for springtime, it's actually Korean for day. Yes, I am Haru. <laughs> oh, that ain't good. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <Yes. laughs> uh, 50% off. Go watch mm-hmm. it if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so because so he names so his family name is Moon of some or something. I haven't I didn't actually look up how his his family name is related to the moon. Mm-hmm. But he names the cat, but he says Haru, which is the Korean word for day, is also mm-hmm. a Jap- is also a common Japanese name, and the cat perks up immediately. Mm-hmm. Then we find out from the cat's point of view is the cat used to be friends with a little girl mm-hmm. who would f- who would feed it while it was stray, mm-hmm. and the little girl's name was Haru, and so the little girl. Whenever he the cat heard that little girl's name, he associated she associated it with food. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and like, so yes, it's such a warm, big, round, warm word. I love that word. It must mean food. It's got to be what the humans mean for food. Haru. Yeah. <laughs> and so the cat thinks its name means food, which is and and again, from your from your perspective, just a beautiful moment where a misunderstanding helps them come mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. it being a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's kind of how. And then, oh, and, and it's at that point that he says Haru Haru. And the cat's so happy, and the cat walks off to the food dish, and the food dish is empty. But he said, you said Haru. 
And if you said Haru, there was you. That means there was food. In the meanwhile, he reaches into his bag to grab the uh, the, the food that he brought from the store, and he opens and it. He up. He opens it up, and, and the cat charges across the house and puts his head right in the bag. Just dives right into the bag. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't have cats, cats love plastic bags. They do. They really do. Like my cat Toby, he uh, as soon as I open a bag, he's got to come over and play with it. If I leave a bag, like a bag of potato chips, if I just like kind of leave it, uh, if I like put it on my couch unopened, because I'm gonna come and get it later while I'm watching some TV, he will come over and he'll start playing with it. Um, Toby's one of Toby's favorite <clears throat> toys is the strip that comes off a bag of uh, M and M. Yeah, he uh, loves a, a playing with that st- party size M and M bag. He'll, he'll he loves blow. playing with that stuff. <laughs> um, but, uh, but and he's not the only one. I know other cats do it as well. Sure. So, again, like, uh, like as from the cat's perspective, as soon... Well, from the human's perspective, as soon as he opened the bag, the cat came running. With, 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 uh, with the murder in his face. Uh-huh. Ah! Uh-huh. He's going right for the food. Right for the food. Uh, yeah. Um, and that just reminded me of my own cat, because that's what my cat has done. Yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't done that, but he will play with bags. And then the way the episode mm-hmm. two ends is, it's evening, he had only brought home enough food for, for a sample. He only, he got free samples, he didn't buy a full bag of the stuff, and so he mm-hmm. can just go out and get more. And so he, <clears throat> so he turns to the cat and says, I'm gonna get you more food, Haru. And then he goes up to leave. And the cat goes, yes, food. Where are you going? Yeah, well, like, the cat's <laughs> like, yes, food. And the cat brings the bag. And he's like, this was great. Do you have more of this? Do you have more of this, Haru? Like, uh, do you have more of this delicious food? Yes, Haru, I love it. And uh, <laughs> from the cat's perspective, the human just gets up and walks out and closes the door after saying food. And he's just like, What? And like it's just this drawing of the cat in black and gray, and it's not even like the like it's a very very silly caricature of the cat. Just kind of what it, it, it's it's the cat, cold and alone. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's some the the illustration is some combination mm-hmm. of cat and snowdrift. Mm-hmm. Well, and then uh, we from the human's perspective because we got all the human's perspective before the show rewinds a bit and gives us the cat's perspective. He is humming to himself as he's walking down the street to go back to the pet store to pick up more cat food. Mm-hmm. Um, so he thinks everything's fine and dandy, whereas with the cat, the cat just feels abandoned. And <laughs> what just happened? Why did he say food and then leave? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Alright, um, so that's it for episode two. Episode yeah. three. Um, episode three. Uh, starts off with the manager... Saying, hey, uh, I want you to come to this cafe with me. We're going to meet here at this cafe. He's like, why? Why should I meet Why should I meet with you at this cafe? And he said it was a robo-cafe. It's a robot cafe. All the servants are robots. We have to go be served by robots. It's going to be amazing. Now, and, I, I read an article recently mm-hmm. that it's actually happened in Japan where they're trying to find ways. Of, so they're not really robots. They're piloted oh yeah i watched the video of this yeah Mm -hmm. and so in japan apparently what they've done is they've they're trying to give jobs to paraplegics by starting up a robot cafe where they're not really robots they're just piloted by people who couldn't mm -hmm. they're remote controlled they're rc they're rc Um, fake robots i want to say that the that the people who are piloting the robots all suffer from ms 
Yeah, it was a multiple sclerosis yeah, thing. Yeah, they all suffer from MS. And they wanted to give them a way to feel useful again in society. And so by, mm-hmm. by piloting these robots where they have cameras and being able to remote pilot these things, they'd be in a position where they could actually provide a service and earn money in the real world. In the real world. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is just a beautiful thing. Okay. Um, so, so there's just I love that Jap- Japan is moving forward with robot cafes of that nature. Yeah, I think that's cool. And that was when you know, that was when you like um, there was uh, one test restaurant. It was like it was a proof and concept type yeah. thing. It yeah. was a proof and concept where I think it ran for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe less. I don't remember. But anyways, um, and the uh, the editor's trying to convince him to go to this robot cafe, and he's like, "Look, I don't want to do it." And suddenly he suddenly the cat. Uh, Haru, as we can call her now, um, she's meowing against a bunch of other cats who have gathered outside. And there's like three or four cats that have gathered outside that are meowing as well. And the editor's like, wait a minute, what's that? Like, do I hear meowing? Are there cats nearby? And he's like, yeah, I've adopted a cat recently. And there's a whole whole bunch. And the editor immediately (laughs) says... I'll be right there. The editor's just like, change the plans. We're going to meet at your place today. And he's like, wait, what? Huh? And then the editor shows up and he's like, where are the cats? Where are the cats? Where are the cats? I shooed them away. Oh. And now the editor is curled up in a ball crying in his, uh-huh. front, in his front walkway. He's like, no. And then he sees Haru and he's like, oh, there's a cat. He's like, yeah, I, I, that one's been, I, I took that one in a few, took that one in a few weeks ago. He's like, you, you're a cat person? I mean, mm, you're... <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, it just and I, and that's the thing I wrote down is that the editor, the the editor ultimately decides that he's just going to have daily meetings at Haru's house mm-hmm. and he's going to bring his work with him so that he has a chance to to meet the cat mm-hmm. and get the he cat just to wants, love it. He just wants him. to he just wants to play with the cat, and uh, we get kind of this montage where Haru is realizing that the editor is coming over on an almost daily basis, and just it, used, it, used, it used to be a couple of times a month. But then he realized that he has been coming over trying to play with the cat. And the cat doesn't really want anything to do with him. The cat doesn't really trust other humans yet. No. Uh, he only really trusts Haru. Or she... Haru only really trusts... Subaru. Subaru. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, Subaru or... Um, of course, whenever I think Haru, I, I think of one of two things. It's either the guy from Free or mm-hmm. it's actually Haruhi from uh, Oron High School Host Club. Yeah. and But I sometimes call her Haru. Haru, uh, as a nickname. Mm-hmm. There's also Harumi Susumiya. Yeah, there's that. Um, and then Subaru was the name of the main character in ReZero. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, um, the, uh, so, um, he finally kicks the editor, well, well the editor yeah. comes over to the play, and he gets too close to Sub- to, to Haru. And freaks Haru out, and Haru drags her claws across his face. Yeah, so now he has five even claw marks. Yeah, like, on, oh, on the... It's my fault. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, uh, like um, Subaru is freaking out, thinking that he's going to be upset and stuff like that. But no, he's like, oh, I scared her. Well, and the reason he, like, he's a very much a cat person. He loves cats, <laughs> but his wife is allergic, so he can't have a cat. That's, ah. that's revealed during that as well. Uh, and he apologizes for that. And he's, he says he got carried away. Um, and uh, then he just kind of is like, uh, he gets a call and he needs to go into the office. So he goes into the office. Um, and then Haru goes back to work. 
Um, but not Haru. Subaru goes back to work, and yes. Haru starts being crazy. Goes into crazy cat mode. People who've owned cats know this. Cats just are they're they're so, usually so, very very lazy, very laid back, methodical. You know. Some would say snobbish creatures. Yeah. But every once in a while, they just cut loose. They, they, they go into a psycho hunter mode where mm -hmm. they feel the need to actually use their their uh, hunter instincts mm -hmm. to go after something, even if it's imaginary. Mm -hmm. And so, as a cat person, I just saw that that's what the cat's doing. Yeah. And that's what the cat was doing from the perspective of, of the human, from yeah. the perspective of Subaru. And so, from his perspective, the cat does the following <clears throat> stupid things. One, it runs across his desk while he's trying to write on paper mm -hmm. with his uh, with his pen. Mm -hmm. um, and then, the cat's... Uh, so then, for another reason, he's on the floor for something. And on his back reading or something and the cat bounces off of his stomach to try to get something in the air above mm -hmm. him and goes off mm -hmm. um he's sitting at a table drinking tea and the cat jumps runs across the room in a couple laps jumps across the table and then d dives under a newspaper mm -hmm. um but the but it really comes to a head when the cat when haru runs into out of the office, well, and, you hear, and you hear a clattering. Yeah, yeah, there, there is, but we should, um, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, and we hear a clattering. I, for some reason, I thought you were, I thought you were skipping ahead until then, but yeah, we hear a clattering, and and then Subaru goes out, and he sees that Haru has knocked over the shrine mm. or parts of the shrine that is dedicated to his parents yes. in his house. Um, and he gets very upset, and he yells at at, uh, at Subaru, at at Haru, at Haru. and Haru, uh, Haru, um, f uh, gets upset and then walks away and starts bathing herself. Yep. And he's just and Subaru's just like you really don't care at all, do you? And he goes and um, thoroughly cleans up after the mess. Cleans up after the mess, and then the uh, editor starts calling him again. And uh, he talks to the editor for a little bit. I don't remember what the conversation was about, but Subaru is very, very much done with people and just interacting at this point because uh. he's come. He just why don't people care about how I feel? Like why why don't they care about how I feel? That doesn't. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he he goes back to writing, mm -hmm. and his his pen, pen is, is out, out of ink. ink his pen is out of ink he's, he's got a, he's got a very beautiful uh fountain pen yeah and he goes into his drawer pen his extra supplies out um and then he thinks maybe he's gotten by some oh wait i haven't been in my parents room in a long time maybe they have maybe some. they have some and then he goes over and he opens up the door to his parents room and we we should probably say that in this episode as well um we're seeing flashbacks to him um, when he was still a teenager, when he was like 15, so about mm -hmm. eight years ago or so. Yeah. Um, and his parents were, uh, his mom especially, was excited about this five days off that her dad got, that their dad got for yeah. uh, for a vacation. And they wanted to plan a vacation together. And him being a 15-year-old kid didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, traveling he's, makes him tired. He's not <clears throat> interested. Yeah. He just wants to stay home. Just wanted to stay home. Just wanted to read. Didn't care about anything else. Um, and he, um, 
and and he and uh, anyways, he then goes and he opens up his parents' door and you see a brief flash of his parents in there greeting him. And then it, it was just, you know, uh, his imagination as they fade away. And he goes in and he starts looking for some ink. And um, then Haru shows up. Haru shows up in crazy cat mode again. Mm-hmm. Jumps over him, jumps on a pile of books and knocks him down. And is still glaring at in midair, mm-hmm. growling at nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what he knocked down, what, what she knocked down was some photo albums. Yes. And he starts going through them and he starts seeing all these pictures that his mother had so carefully put into these books with labels and like her hopes uh, that were associated with each picture as well. Mm-hmm. And there was one picture where he um, where he sees his uh, himself as like a three-year-old boy yeah. and... Um, uh, his parents, and they're at this very, very famous shrine. I forget what it's called in Japan, but it's we, we've seen pictures of it. It's it's the uh, it's the it's the um, I want to say it's the door to heaven. I could be mm-hmm. wrong about that, but it's the it's that Shinto gate. Yes, built in a lake. Yes, and they took a picture of them in front of it, and then the one below that was it said ten years later, uh-huh. and it's just the mom and the dad, and the mom wrote, "I hope that we can all all three of us can be." In the next, in the picture, next time we take yeah. it, and uh, he just he just breaks down, and he realizes that the reason that not only do people not care about his feelings and how he feels about things, he doesn't care about how other people feel either. That's true, and that's been his problem. And that's been his problem. And, um, he, uh, he, uh, he remembers his parents and he remembers the last time he saw them and the smile they gave him, even though his mom was still asking him to come with them. Mm-hmm. He was saying, get out of here. You're going to miss your train. Um, and they, and that was the last time he saw his parents alive. And them they died out. on, a, they died on a tour bus they crash. Died, they died on a tour bus crash. Um, but he, uh, but anyways, um, uh, and he breaks down and starts crying. Yep. And from his perspective, he sees um, he sees uh, Haru poking him. Yeah, poking him and then licking the tears off of his cheeks. Uh-huh. And uh, before then, though, um, should pro- he, uh, the editor asked him if he had ever, like, asked him what, you know, what, what it was like to pet Haru. And Subaru's like, I don't know. I've never touched her. Like, wait, what? Apart no. from picking her up or helping her get in my house. No. Apart from picking her up on the day I met her and helping her into the house, I haven't touched her. And he's like, how? How? Why? I mean... Yeah, he, he, he could not imagine <laughs> having a cat that you didn't want to pet. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Su- and uh, he goes... O- uh, Haru comes over and licks him. Uh-huh. And then Subaru pets Haru for the first time. And realizes just how comforting petting a cat, petting a petting a pet can be. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Okay, so what happened was, Su- uh, Haru licks Subaru's tears. Uh-huh. Subaru sits up, 
Oh, kneels up, sits up in a kneeling position, mm-hmm. and then that's when Haru climbs onto his knee for the first time. Ah, yeah, that's right. And then he pets her, and that's that reminded and me. So of that's when... so that's I had to bring that up because mm-hmm. of the episode title, because of the show title. Yeah, the original show title. And that's I I've got a picture of it somewhere in my Google Photos, but uh, I remember when Toby did that for me. I was just sitting on the floor with my back against my couch, uh-huh. and he came over and he didn't climb all the way onto my knee, but he came over. And he was kind of checking me out, and he put both of his paws on my leg and just kind of leaned forward, and I was able to pet him and stuff while he was checking me out. So That's adorable. Yeah, he's a great cat. Um, but anyway, um, now let's go ahead and go to uh, Haru's perspective. And this entire time, Haru was seeing two pink cloud things fluttering about, and she was freaking out because she's just like, there's only supposed to be two things in here, me and the human, what are those? Yeah. And she and was the, chasing and, them the entire time. And these things have been floating around Haru and, and trying to, and keeping him company in some ways. As soon as I saw the two pink floating things around him, my thought was, is Haru seeing Subaru's parents? Mm. And then they... As she's chasing them around, and they fly into the pictures on the shrine, I was just yep. like, "Yeah, I called it. It's totally the spirit spirit of his parents." Yep. And so, and we should real real fast. I just want to say when uh, when Subaru comes in and yells at Haru for knocking th- th- the the shrine over, I loved Haru's thought of "I've got it." Like I'm freaking out. I've got to calm down. And then she goes over and she starts bathing. It's not a "I don't care." It's a I'm wigging out, I need to calm down thing, is what she's <laughs> it's, doing. It's, it's self-soothing. It's self-soothing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then the events that take place, that transpire in his parents' room, uh-huh. is that these two pink apparitions are si- circling above the uh, bookcase, the, the, the short-level bookcase, mm-hmm. uh, that the cat jumps on and knocks down the, uh, uh, the albums. Mm-hmm. And after seeing the human cry, the cat thinks the human is scared of the ghosts too. Uh-huh. And, and the cat decides, it's okay, I'm going to protect you from these things. Uh-huh. And the cat, Haru jumps down and starts meow and starts hissing at the ghosts. Um, but but eventually, but once Haru actually comes to the realization that his parents loved him. Subaru. Wanted, su, once Subaru comes to the realization. Uh, we've been both parents, making the same mistake all night long. <laughs> his parents lo- it's, it's late, we're tired. Mm-hmm. That uh, his parents loved him, that that they wanted to share this uh, these memories with him. And... Uh, what and that this and that he's now opening up and becoming a better person, not just, his parents had two worries for him. Mm-hmm. One was the financial, which they're not worried about because now he's financially successful, and two was social because he's been a shut in for most of his mm-hmm. for all of his teenage life and now the early part of his adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this cat, just by jumping on the right book at the right time, has helped him to start back on this journey of re reconnecting with society reconnecting with the human race and mm-hmm. that's when the two pink apparitions take on the full form of his parents and to tell the cat thank you and say thank and you and vanish mm-hmm. yep all right well uh and that's a that's basically the end of episode three yeah that's it that was basically the end of episode three well, I added it to my queue after that. I think it's a delightful <laughs> show. I'd, li- I'd love to see more of it. I want to see where it goes. Mm. I want to see this cat pull this guy out of his uh, out of his shell some more. Yeah. What about you? Um, 
I didn't add it to my queue immediately mm-hmm. because there's just so many other things on my uh, on my oh, list yeah. at the moment. Uh, I've been able to finish a few things up. Uh, earlier this week, I wrapped up uh, Shirobako. Yeah, you told me about that. Um, which is absolutely adorable mm-hmm. and a great ending to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it during our recap episode in episode 50. Here in five weeks. Here in five uh. weeks. Uh. So stay tuned. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, that's so, it for this week's episode. What are we going to watch next week? Next week, we're going to be watching my pick of Space Battleship Tiramisu. The Earth Union is locked in a massive galactic war. Aboard the Space Battleship Tiramisu, ace pilot Subaru Ichinose carries the fate of humanity on his shoulders. Life is tough for Subaru, but nothing delivers relieves tension quite like launching an all-out food-based assault on his own face. Snug as a bug in a rug, Subaru suddenly unwinds in his personal mecha, Durandal F, as Bliss overtakes him. The cover, or the poster for this, okay, uh-huh. is two guys fighting each other for the shrimp tempura in a bowl in front of them as two mechs are clashing behind them. Okay, then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see... Well, I don't know if I want to say excited. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give the first three episodes a try. Fantastic. I can't wait. All right. Well, that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to recommendation of the week. It's your turn. All right. This week, I'm going to recommend an old movie that has come up in a numerous videos that I've been watching on YouTube lately. Um, last week, we were talking about uh, Down the Rabbit Hole. And this week I was watching some videos with uh, move, some of the movies with Mikey that uh, we've uh, we've given his channel a shout out in the past before, and he started and he was doing uh, videos on uh, lessons uh, animation has taught us, and one of the videos that was really heavily influenced is going to be my recommendation of the week, which is the Secret of Nim. It is a brilliant, classic... Uh, was, I think it was the first work of uh, Don Bluth's studio. Apparently Don Bluth was working really hard with uh, Disney, but Disney was not producing great content at the time. And so he decided to quit and start his own animation company. Mm-hmm. And Don Bluth Animation started giving Disney legitimate competition. They were spending less money and making more commercially successful Mm-hmm. Uh, animation, the mm-hmm. feature-length films, um, because of it, and eventually Don Bluth's company went out of business because he forced Disney to step up their game mm-hmm. when it came to production. Because at the time they had made The Fox and the Hound and The Black Cauldron and The Great Mouse Detective, which were not commercial successes. But when he came, when he stepped, Wait, what up, did you say the first one was? The Fox and the Hound. Okay, sorry. Disney made those. Disney made those. I, Don it, Bluth was working with Disney when those were being produced, yeah, and he mm-hmm. quit to make better movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because he quit to make better movies, Disney was forced to make better movies, which is what ignited the Disney run of The Lion King and The Little Mermaid mm-hmm. and Aladdin, which was one of the biggest trifectas of Disney movies. Uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, it was Little Mermaid, and then I want to say it was... Um... I'm pretty sure it was Little Mermaid beating the beast and then Aladdin and uh, 
Lion King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so. I'm so sure I, did, I didn't. Order. I didn't say it mm-hmm. in the order that they released. No, 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 no. Like I, I th- my brain was telling me one was missing, so I was trying to fill in the one that you didn't say, which was Beauty and the Beast. Right. Sorry. But uh-huh. but by making his own movie studio, which was competitive to Disney, it forced Disney to become better. Mm-hmm. And so he's so the secret of Nim is directly responsible for us having the Lion King. Mm-hmm. And so and. As a standalone piece, it's absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. And so I highly recommend watching it. There's the picture, by the way. Um, Space Battleship Tiramisu. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and I think The Secret of Nim's actually available on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, cool. It's either Amazon Prime or Netflix that I saw it on recently. And I'll have to take a look mm-hmm. again. I plan on watching it with my kids sometime soon. But that's my recommendation of the week. Comedy, mecha, slice of life, sci-fi, space... Let's see how many genres we can cram into this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for me, it's now time for, well, that recommendation of the week, it's now time for creator shout out, and it's my turn. It is. And I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Chasing Artwork. Otherwise known as Justin Curry. Don't just look up Justin Curry, though, because you're going to find a musician first before you find uh, before you find Chasing Artwork. So mm. look up Chasing Artwork. Uh, he's an incredible artist. Uh, I, fa- I came across his work on Imgur which is where I find a lot of artist stuff. I'm very, very grateful when people um, credit the artists so I can go ahead and find them and find more of their stuff. Um, but he has just some incredible artwork. Um, I'll have to show it to you when I get the chance. But one of his pieces is actually a battle-damaged version of Alita from the, the manga, not the, uh, not the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, she's a cyborg, and so like she's missing a leg and a head, but she's still smiling, uh, smiling for you. Um, How is she smiling while missing a head? I'm, I'm legging an arm is what I meant to say. Okay. Her head is just fine. It's a leg in her arm that she's missing. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, speaking of which, I saw the movie a few weeks back and it was awesome. Oh, fantastic. Um, I, I still don't want, yeah. I still want to see it. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet. But uh, I found, like, he's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, DeviantArt. We've got all those links for, links for you guys. Uh, so yep. go ahead and give him a check. Uh, go ahead and check his stuff out. Fantastic. Give him a check. <laughs> Cut him a check when you go ahead and hire him for some work. Absolutely. Go, go do that. Commission your favorite artist. Anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening in. If you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like and this episode and subscribe to our channel. Uh, if you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Uh, where can they find us on social media? On our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, Patreon page, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right, well, I want to give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for our, our podcast and website. And another shout-out to Brazmataz for writing Dry Clock, the song we use for our opening and closer. All right, well, that's it for uh, this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And you guys have a great week. Uh-huh.